Today's episode is presented by Public. Public.com has just launched its new high-yield cash account, offering an industry-leading 5.1% APY. No fees, no subscription, and no minimums or maximums. That means you can grow your cash with 5.1% interest with no strings attached. It's as simple as that. Again, that's 5.1% interest with no fees. 5.1% interest with no subscription, 5.1% interest with no minimums or maximums, 5.1% interest with up to $5 million in FDIC insurance. Just 5.1% interest, straight up, no strings attached. Sign up today at public.com slash investing unscripted. This is a paid endorsement for public.com. 5.1% APY as of December 20th, 2023, and is subject to change. Full disclosures and terms and conditions can be found in the podcast description. High-yield cash accounts are available for U.S. members only. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Investing Unscripted, where we ask and answer the hard questions about investing. Sometimes we ask other people to give their answers, too. I'm Jason Hall. Joined, as usual, by the voice of the people, Jeff Santoro. Hey, buddy. Hey, how are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm well. We've all had some weather. We've got some guests on. We'll introduce them in a little bit. They're just going to have to sit in the green room and finish their cocktails, and we'll invite them out. Yeah, um, we have a sweet green room, too. Tons of lots of snacks. I hope the bartender made mar- good martinis for you guys. So. <laughs> They're back there right now. But, you know, this is where we're having to make up the recording of this because of a lot of bad weather people have had. So by the time... Our, our listeners hear this. We're going to be a little more than a week removed from the bad weather. I hope everybody made it through okay. Yeah, Jeff, who are we talking to this week? So we have Dave and Andrew from the Investing for Beginners podcast. We'll, we'll get them introduced here in a moment more formally, but I want to do some quick housekeeping for our listeners. A couple of our listeners have sent in their picks for our investing portfolio contest in 2024. So I just wanted to let everyone know that for those of you who have done that, it appears on our spreadsheet now. There's a tab for listeners who have sent in ideas. If you sent in at least three, we put you as your own portfolio. If you sent in one, we just kind of mushed you all together into a combined listener portfolio. I'll keep accepting them for the next maybe week or two. And then after that, we'll just kind of cut it off. The date you, the starting price, if you send one in is the day you send it to me. So there's no I'm going to, I'm going to object, Jeff. I'm going to object. Okay. I don't want people cherry picking because we are almost two mark two weeks into the, into the year. If you pick a stock that's fallen a bunch since the beginning of the year, we're giving you the opening price on the first day of the, of the, of the year. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm sorry. We're not, you can't cheat people. So all the you. ones we've gotten so far have been like the first couple days of the year. So I think we're all right. Yeah, yeah. We're okay. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that those are there. And then we, we haven't mentioned as many times as we probably should have over the last couple of weeks to encourage people to reach out to us with feedback, show ideas. If they want to submit portfolio ideas, you can reach us on Twitter at InvestingPod. You can email us at investingunscripted at gmail.com. And also just remember, we have a YouTube channel. We have a newsletter. If you could subscribe to those, we'd appreciate it. And as always, ratings and reviews of the show on the podcast apps is super helpful and appreciated as is sharing the show with your friends and enemies and letting them know that it's a wonderful thing for them to listen to. All right, enough of me. Jason, I already gave their names, but why don't you introduce our guests and ask the first question to get our interview going here? Yeah, so very excited to welcome some of our favorite podcasting heroes, some people that encouraged us both in this world. 
because they've been doing this for a while. We've got Dave and Andrew from Investing Beginners. And what we want to do, guys, we're going to welcome you. And we want to let you give some of your background first. Dave, you talk a lot. Andrew, you go first. You know, all right. That's a good way to intro me for sure. The The way I guess I got started in investing was I just turned into a dork from day one. I picked up an investing book and started reading it. And ever since, I guess nothing's changed. All right, Dave. How did I get started in investing? It's actually, I got a job as a banker at Wells Fargo. While I was going through the interview process, they asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And after thinking about it for a while, I thought maybe investing might be interesting. I was lucky and had an investment advisor that worked in the branch and he kind of took me under his wing and I really, really fell in love with it. He actually introduced me to The Motley Fool, which was the first site that I used to help me kind of learn the basics of investing. And then I found Andrew's blog not too long after that and I was hooked and I've been, I've been doing it since. That's yeah, remarkable. That it's, it's interesting, right? Because... Jeff, there's a little bit of a kind of mirroring of our relationship and podcast and what Andrew and Dave have. I've been doing this for a long time. A lot of it professionally for The Motley Fool. Jeff, you found that you didn't have a pro in your back pocket, but you found me through The Motley Fool. And here we are. Dave, you found Andrew on the interwebs and you guys got together. So the real question that I have for, for, for both of you, I think this is just, it's so compelling to me. And something that Jeff and I are probably going to really need to dig into at some point and be introspective and think about truly the true reason why. What happened? When did you get to a point that you wanted to, Dave, I want you to go first here and then Andrew, because your story goes back a little further. When did you decide that you had something compelling to give to the investing world? For me, it was when I was sitting at my desk, having a parade of people come by me that knew nothing about money or investing and had saved nothing, didn't know where to start, didn't know where to begin. Some people had money, a lot of people didn't. And they all knew that it was kind of like, you know, you shouldn't smoke. Everybody knows they should invest, but they don't do it. They don't know where to start. They didn't have an impetus. And the bank, frankly, had almost nothing that I could give to them unless they had a certain amount of money. And so because of that, it just led me to, you know, reading all the stuff that I did, I wanted to start trying to educate people. And so I started a blog on my own. And that's kind of how I got started. I guess for me, it feels like talking about the prehistoric times. Back then, it was like you had to pay four ninety five a trade. And people were excited because that was, that was a big discount compared to where it was a few years prior. I and, didn't remember when it was 10. Oh, you remember when it was 10? <laughs> One of me. Perfect. So... I just, I just really remember the environment back then felt really close to the vest. Like either you're supposed to talk to a professional or you were supposed to already know what you were doing. I feel like even the culture of the internet back then wasn't as generous and people expressing this, this need to educate people. That wasn't really a thing people were doing. Everybody was kind of, it was, it just felt like an environment you had to figure that yourself. So I said, I'm figuring this out myself. I'm going to start writing about it. And so that's how my blog started. So I, before we move on, I, I just need to share. You guys were gracious enough to have us on your podcast about a month or two ago. So if people want to check out Investing for Beginners podcast, you, can, you should do that generally, but you can also find an episode that Jason and I were on. And I shared this story then, but I want to share it now before we move on. 
it's fun having you guys on here and being on your show because you guys were one of the first podcasts I found back in 2020 when I got to that point like we've all had at some point where we just clicked and we became obsessed with learning about investing. You guys were one of the first things I found to listen to. So it was super helpful at the beginning of my journey. So I encourage anyone listening to check it out. And we'll talk more about where to find the podcast and all that later on. You guys have been doing your podcast, you know, speaking about sharing what you have with the, with the greater world. You've been doing your podcast for around six years now. Do I have that correct? So you've seen a lot of craziness, especially the last three of those six years. So talk to us a little bit about over the time you've done the podcast, what have you seen change in the world of investing and, and how has that informed maybe the things you talk about or how you handle putting the podcast out each week? Oh man, uh, there's, there's, there's a lot. I feel like when we first started the show, that seemed like the boring kind of Procter and Gambles and Johnson and Johnson's of the world. Those seem to be really in vogue and people really liked that. That's, stability of those companies and kind of on the tail end of that then you started to see the big tech giants because everybody thought oh you know that's not sustainable and they just kept proving over and over again facebook google apple they just proved over and over again that yeah we're for real these growth numbers are real we're going to keep doing it so just from a economy standpoint i feel like a ton has changed and that's kind of crazy to think about it's not even been a decade and then that's not even talking about everything that's happened since you got into the game, Jeff, with, you know, the pandemic and all the other things we've seen change in a very fast time period. So it is wild. It's a crazy time to be alive, right? Yeah, but it kind of always is though, right? I mean, that's the, yeah. that's the cool thing about investing. And I think it's one of the values that your show brings and hopefully our show does as well is kind of, you know, help people find that rudder through the shifting seas. Dave? Yeah, it, it, we have seen so many ups and downs in the last three years. We've gone from the world is ending to everything to the moon to the the stock market's going to crash completely to now where are we? And it's just this yo-yo of, of emotions over the last three years. And one of the things that Andrew and I have really tried hard is to just try to keep everybody calm and try to just keep steady doing what you need to do to try to find the best investments. And, you know, the, the tide is going to go out. You're going to see who's not swimming, but you're also going to find great companies and take advantage of those downturns when you can. When Visa dropped in the, the pandemic, I pounced all over it. And so those kinds of things I think are timeless. And that's what we've tried really hard to kind of stick to is the more you read about stock market history, the more you realize that it's kind of the same as ever, as Morgan Housel says in his great book, it's, it, Things change, but they don't really change. This time is not different. So that's what we've really tried to preach over the last three years or the last six, really. Yeah. One of the, one of the things that I think is really important when it comes to like thinking about helping other people find their path forward and to remain calm, is talking about mistakes, talking about how to learn from those mistakes. Jeff especially loves it when we do that because he gets to make fun of me. So I know yeah, that's- To a, be clear, I like talking about your mistakes. Right. Not, <laughs> right. not my mistakes. Yeah, you and my wife, buddy. You and my <laughs> wife. So apropos of that, we all have our successes from the, the pandemic crash. Visa is a great example of what's the rails of the global economy. Guess what? Eventually the economy is going to come back. Visa is going to be a big deal. Jeff and I both, we've talked about some of our bigger winners. Let's talk about the mistakes. I would love to hear from both of you. Some of the mistakes 
maybe even during kind of the, the low part of the pandemic, but maybe especially during when we saw the market kind of go bananas before we all realized that eventually somebody was going to turn the music off. Yeah, I mean, I could start. One that sticks out in my head is a company called Griffin Corporation. And that one's been frustrating because I bought it and it stayed relatively flat while everything went higher. And then I sold it and then it decided to explode higher right after that. And, you know, to me, that's, that's one of those, that's very frustrating where I had the narrative, right? I had the narrative that home building was going to continue to take off. It wasn't a fad. And I thought, you know, when some of the companies along that value chain would prosper, like Griffin, they, they do, you know, garden tools and things like that, that people will have to buy once they have homes. So I ended up being right on the idea and then wrong on the timing of the company and also being wrong about how the market would interpret something they've done. So I, I, you know, it's, it's one of those things where I think every once in a while you buy a stock and then after the honeymoon period, you look at it and you're like, oh, I really do this. And, and that's what it was for me. And especially painful because of the, the way it underperformed compared to the rest of the market. So that's been something where I'm, I'm trying to be a little more disciplined. I, I usually try to buy things with a higher return on invested capital, ROIC. And in this case, I kind of overlooked that for this company. And, and that ended up not, not working out well. Dave, what about you? Oh boy. How long do you got? So here we go. I got, I'll give you one, I'll give you one decision, poor decision, and maybe one of omission. So the poor decision was I bought PayPal at its absolute heights because I was going down this rabbit hole of payments. And I thought that the way we were going to spend our money was going to drastically change. And it may someday, but it's not here yet. And PayPal was going to be the everything wallet. And that was, that was their mantra. And so I bought it at like 50 PE ish or so, something like that. So it was trading around 300 bucks a share. And so you're looking at a bag holder here, you know, it's what $60 a share now, something like that. So yeah. I did, I did average down for a little bit. So my cost basis has come down, but still I'm down 50 some percent from my initial investment in the company. And so, so you average down, but increase your losses. Yes, pretty much. Yep. Okay. Yep. Right. I watered the weed. So yeah. the exact Relatable. opposite thing to do. So exact opposite thing to do. So anyway, you know, it was just, it was a poor decision. I didn't, I didn't understand the market correctly. I didn't understand really what was going on and paying that high of a price for anything is, was foolish. And so that was a poor mistake. The, the omission one was a few years ago, I got interested in a company called Nova Nordisk and I did all the research. I didn't feel like I knew the pharma industry well enough, but I felt like I really knew the company well and what they're doing. And they had a great pipeline and Ozembic and Wagovi were not public yet, but they were coming public. And I passed on it because I didn't feel like, felt like I knew enough about the pharmaceutical industry to get invested in it. And now it's up like, I don't know, 45% since I started looking at it. So that's a, that's a sin of omission, if you will. I want to ask you guys maybe some lessons that you learned that you've taken forward in the 2024, but I just wanted to piggyback off of what you both said, because it reminded me of how much, I think I, it sounds like you guys and maybe Jason too. And, and I know certainly me, I think during the pandemic, a lot of us started to think that it was going to be this life-changing moment that shifted a lot of the way we did things. Like to your point, 
about PayPal being, I remember talk of like, is, is cash dead? Because no one wanted to physically hand cash to people anymore. But there were, that's just an example. There were all these different things that the pandemic was supposed to change forever. And the reality was, as soon as people could go back to the way things were, we pretty much completely did. I mean, all of the things we, ta- we thought would change forever didn't. Like people thought there'd never be another conference in person and no one would ever get on a plane for a meeting. Everyone would just do on, and I'm sure there is more of that, but I don't know. It's sort of unrelated to the question, but that was a big learning for me from the pandemic, which is big black swan events like that can, can pull things forward, but I don't know that they necessarily change things permanently. So Dave, so Dave you mentioned, you mentioned Morgan, Morgan Housel's latest book, Same as Ever, but I, I, Jeff, I think that's so important because it's a good foundational piece of knowledge when you expect the outcome for an investment to be based on people doing something differently. Sometimes, yeah, but 99% of the time, no. Or yeah, eventually. Like I think about smartphones and, and the iPhone and things like that. Like I think it's easy to think back and, and, and misremember that like the iPhone came back and every, came out and everything changed. It really didn't. Like it came out and then it was probably several years before it, it really became the, th- you know, the thing where you could look on a subway at everyone and they're staring at a device. Yeah. Like, that no, didn't happen was... in 2007 when the iPhone came out. So, but in hindsight, you, those, those timelines get compressed and it feels like it was this singular moment. So I, I know for me, like I made the mistake probably the most during 2021 of just buying things that were too expensive. So I can th- confirm he did. You did too, sir. I can confirm he did. But so that's like my learning. That's the thing I'm taking into 2024 and trying to be very careful about, especially considering how much the market ran up in November and December of 2023. So I'm curious for you two guys, are there any lessons you learned over the last couple of years of craziness, whether it was the big run up or the bull or the bear market that followed it, that's changing the way you're thinking about your personal investing as we head into 2024? So yeah, you you mentioned the 2021 pain too much and now I'm, I'm reminded of the ones that I apparently blocked out of my memory. So for me, the ones that behavior I thought had permanently changed was Domino's Pizza and Target, where I thought I thought that their recent successes were going to continue indefinitely. And particularly with Target, you saw they had a huge benefit from everything, and then it really came down. So. You know, the, what, how am I taking that lesson in 2024? I feel like the lessons just don't stop coming. So you know, at this point, it's really just trying to, I, I like that we're talking about mistakes because I feel like there's so much valuable learning that can come from mistakes. And when we talk about the, the overpaying in particular, for me, it's, it's really trying to think really hard about if a company has profits that have exploded, is that sustainable or not? And the, the, the stock pick I just did for January did have an explosion in profits. So I might be relearning this lesson again, but I'm hoping that I, I've done the work and I've built off past mistakes to understand that there's not a lot of black and white when it comes to stock picking. There's almost always exceptions to the rule. And there's a lot of nuance to the mistakes and also the successes. So hopefully, you know, we don't get everything 100% correct in 2020, but hopefully for all of us as investors, we're able to pick up more nuance from the lessons. And that's what I'm trying to take into the new year. Yeah. I like that. What about you, Dave? 
Yeah, I would I would echo what Andrew was saying. I I think we we both have worked really hard to really understand not only the valuation of the company or like what the what's a, a good price to pay for it, but also uh, the word gets a little overused a little bit, but the the quality, you know, the 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 goodness of the business and how durable the earnings that the company creates are and how long those can last. And I think once you start to kind of, you know, I, I, I credit Charlie Munger for this kind of thinking. I read a lot of his stuff during the pandemic and in the aftermath, and he really started to influence the way that I would think about companies before it was more about just the numbers and trying to find the cheapest things that I could. And then it kind of morphed into trying to find, you know, pretty good prices for things that were great companies, because I, I feel like those are the ones that will stand the test of time. And that's really what, what we try to find is the best that we can find. But is it perfect? No. And is there nuance to it? Oh yeah. <laughs> There's tons and tons of, you know, the, our favorite phrase on the, on the show is it depends. Every <laughs> company is different and you have to, you have to take each company as a separate, separate standing. You, you can't compare Costco to Walmart to Amazon, even though they're kind of in the same business, but they are all different beasts. And so you have to look at them in, in a different way. Yeah, you have to be you have to be willing to adjust with the change that happens organically with those businesses over time too, right? Even even Amazon today is not Amazon five years ago, if we're being honest. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. It's one of my favorite things about investing. This is an aside before the next question: is investing is one of those rare things that you can be utterly wrong about your thesis and still make a ton of money, right? You just because you bought a great company and they did some other things right that you weren't necessarily planning. So that's a fun thing about it. One of my favorite things about doing a podcast with Jeff is we we talk a lot during the week. And honestly, I think we talk more now about investing and investing like the kind of some of the big things, the big picture things, because we're thinking about content and topics that might be interesting for investors and things that are important to talk about. And then we put in the, the work to plan the show. And as a result, it's certainly had a fundamental impact on me as an investor too. And I think it would be really interesting to hear, Andrew, start with you. How has doing a podcast, running a podcast affected your personal investing, your process, the decisions you make, building frameworks? I would really love to hear your thoughts on that. It is the ultimate reminder. And there's really something to be said about getting back to the basics because, and maybe I'm more guilty of this than others, but memory can can deceive and mem things can oh your brain will lie to forgotten. you yeah oh, all the time yeah and so you know to give context i do a monthly newsletter with stock picks and i've had times or talking to dave about the different companies and it's like well you know even though i'm looking at this company i literally just talked on the podcast about you know paying too much for a company or something or you know there will be these times or if i'm writing out the newsletter and there's just times where the content can be very timely for me personally. And it's good to remember that, all right, at a certain point, you want to kind of step out and, and try new things and, and try new investment ideas. But there's also the fundamentals, the back to the basic principles that you really have to try really hard to not stray from because those are going to keep you safe. To your point, Jason, earlier in the conversation, things change, but there are some things that are timeless. and those timeless principles, you know, invest for the long term, make sure you have proper diversification. These things can save you from a lot of trouble. 
having a podcast where I have to tell beginners to do that really helps me stay grounded in that. And I'm sure it's kept me from a ton of, a ton more mistakes than I already make. Dave, how about you? Oh boy. Again, how long do you have? It, it really has, it really has helped solidify my learnings and my foundation, my structure, my portfolio construction, the way I think about companies. I, I'm very lucky, just like you guys are. I have this really smart guy that I get to talk to every single week and we talk about stocks, you know, a lot. And so when we go on the show, I feel so, so, so sorry for Jeff right now. I just <laughs> want to say <laughs> when you go on the show, it just, you know, when we record, it just reinforces those learnings. And it's like, yeah. I was talking to John Rotanti a while back and he was talking about putting in the reps. And that's what it, that's what it feels like to me when we're talking about this stuff, you know, it reinforces what is re return on equity? What is, you know, earnings per share? How do you calculate those things? Those are basic fundamental financial terms. But if you don't know what they are and then you have to think about them, you have to go back to the book all the time and, and remind yourself. But because we're talking about it every day, all that stuff just gets burned into your memory. And so those things don't become the focus of your analysis or trying to learn more about a company. It's about learning about the business. Like, how do they make money? How, do, how does the management treat the shareholders? You know, things that are maybe a little more gray or a little more esoteric. And it gets away from focusing on some of the more basic things. And, you know, I come from a, a sport background and playing baseball for many, many years. You know, we would spend every practice working on fundamentals, catching the ball, hitting the ball, throwing the ball. These are things that baseball players do from the time they're little to the time they, you know, go to the hall of fame and, but they still do it every single day because it's that fundamental and they got to be able to do it. And so, well, and that's I, often I, what I, separates the, the elite performers, the ones that maintain for years is they continue to do those basic things mm -hmm. over and over and over. And it's the same for investors. And for us, you know what it is reading the 10 K reading the proxy statement, being disciplined about the price you're willing to pay not being a knucklehead and, and chasing a great idea and ignoring the fundamentals and then sitting on your hands a lot of time, you know? Yeah. Sorry, Dave. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no I totally no, meant Dave, to cut preach you on, off, brother. Preach on. But I had to say it. I had to say it. Good. I'm glad you did because it was worthwhile to say. I'm done. Yeah. I also think too, like there's a lot of truth in you don't really know something until you can teach it to someone else. So I think that's not that necessarily Jason and I don't, we don't think of so apparently I don't know banks because Jeff still hates banks. I hate banks. No. Like you guys are, I, you know, having listened to your show for a while now, you know, it's not every episode is like this, but there are some episodes that are like, all right, we're going to talk about whatever, EBITDA. And you, and you break it down and you explain it. And to be able to do that concisely and clearly on a podcast, you have to have it really clear in your head. And if you do, it's the reps. If you do that enough times, those things really do solidify. So Can just I, like, yeah, go ahead. Can I touch on something you said? Sure. So that, that teaching idea that you're talking about, when I was, again, going back to sports, that's one of the things that our, all my coaches made us do. They would teach us a skill and then they would have us go teach the youngest. And his, his reasoning was that if you know it well enough to teach it to somebody, that's how you learn it better. And so when I, when I look at the podcast, it, you know, I feel like it's awesome that we can help other people, but it's also helping me too. Because I'm, it's reinforcing the learning that I'm learning. Because if I can teach it to, to Jeff, then I can teach it to anybody, right? And so that's, I think that's a very important lesson that I've learned from the podcast. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So let's move away from talking about the ins and outs of podcasting 
and let's move towards I, other resources. So I think one of the things that's interesting when, when you do craft to create content around investing, I think it can sometimes be a challenge to make sure that you're still learning yourself. So I'm curious what other resources you guys have at your, that you go to for your own learning, is, whether it's another podcast, whether it's uh, a newsletter you subscribe to, or, or just other investors you speak with. I'm just curious, like where, where else you're getting your, your learning in and, and helping you do your reps? Okay. So boy, I got, I listened to a ton of podcasts, Investing Unscripted, the Investors Podcast, you know, Canadian, the Canadian podcast. I, I just, I, I listen to a ton of podcasts. I read a lot. I try to read a financial statement every day, whether it's a 10K, whether it's a 10Q, whether it's an earnings report. I try to read one every single day because I learn something from those businesses every single day. I read a lot of Substacks. I read a lot of Seeking Alpha. And I'm on Twitter and LinkedIn a lot. And those are both, all of those are great learning resources, especially, you know, I know Twitter can get a bad rap, but I've done, a, I've worked really hard to clean my timeline so I don't have to deal with things I don't want to deal with. And then I can just focus on the people that can teach me stuff. And that's super helpful for me. Yeah. There's a ton of free, there's a ton of free stuff on the internet, especially Twitter, but there's a ton of really good free stuff. You just have to, you have to be discerning with what you follow and what you choose to read. Right. What about you, Andrew? Subscription-wise, subscribe to the Wall Street Journal. Subscribe to Ben Thompson's newsletter. He's like Your an tech, expert. He's wonderful. Oh, yeah. so good on big tech and just tech in general. The Science of Hitting, subscribe to him. Go Microsoft. I also listen to some podcasts. I really like Invest Like the Best with Patrick O'Shaughnessy. He's got such good guests on there and some of the interviews on there are fantastic. Also, also seems like just a decent human being too, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It does seem that way. I like David Rubenstein is somebody I've started to follow lately. He has a book called How to Invest. And he was a I don't know if he was the founder, but definitely a big part of Carlisle Group before they went public. And his network is just insane of it really opened my eyes, that book in particular all the different ways people can invest and people do invest. It's not just stocks and bonds. So I feel like just kind of on the topic of books, those have been instrumental for me since day one. My Audible subscription has probably given me the highest ROI out of anything I pay for. And so really, if you can just, if Charlie Munger's taught us one thing, and by the way, his book, the book about him, Poor, Poor Charlie's Almanac, that should be a must read, I think. Yeah, um, there's an updated edition of that that just came out late okay. last year. I think it's got a new foreword and some stuff. But yeah, I might I, have that one actually. I don't know. Good. Mine, mine's nice and shiny because I got one recently. It's way too late to the game on that one. Nice. But he has a concept called standing on the shoulders of giants, and yeah. I think if you can do that, and I like books because they're very timeless, and so you do get a lot of the tried and true, proven principles. I think that can do wonders for investors. So speaking of Audible. Mostly investing in finance related stuff or also some fiction in there too? I, re I read my fiction like with my eyeballs. I uh, my, la it. my last, my last fiction book I read was awesome because I went through 40 pages in like an hour. I just, I just love when I had asked my family, cause we do like a secret Santa and they were asking me what I want. And I was like, fiction books, but please like not as many words on the page. So they made fun of me thinking I wanted like large print, but really like if I'm reading fiction, I want to get through it quick. You know, I, you wanna... I don't want to read about, you know, the sparkling spring water and how it was glistening off into, I don't have time for that. Give me, <laughs> give me the action and let's move on. 
the best thing that's happened to the publishing industry in the past 50 years is the ability to self-publish. The worst thing that's happened in the is the same thing, right? It really, really is. All right. Well, let's let's move things along here. I want to, Jeff and I, we, I want to do a lightning round, Jeff, but let's, before we do it, let's, let's talk about where people can find Dave and Andrew's stuff out there on the interwebs. I know you have a pretty active Twitter out there. It's what's the handle at IFB underscore investing or podcast. Sorry. Cool. We'll have that same as always. It'll be in the description. We'll have it in the transcript over at investingunscripted.com. We'll definitely have that there. Andrew, what about you? Are you active on social? You've got, you're on Twitter, but I don't think you're super active. No, not really. I'm not active on social professionally at all. There you go. I I do doom scroll on Instagram though. Like I get in a hole and I'll be stuck (laughs) for like a half hour. We all Dave about Everyone does that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now for the, for the podcast, because it's not just the podcast, it's the podcast, but you also have a website, you have a newsletter, you have materials. Where, where can people find that and what will they find? Podcast is the investor's podcast, your path to financial freedom. That's me and Dave just constantly trying to teach and reteach and do that over and over again. But we have great guests like you guys that were on the show and definitely give us a, I think a you said that wrong. You said you meant to say you have great guests and us guys. Yeah. No, thank you. No, you great. Also, Jason and John. Also, Jason. Well played. Sorry, but no, you do. It's a, so you guys have topics you cover. You have guests pretty regularly that are on. Kind what of just whenever we feel like it, you know. Like there you go. We've had periods of time where we had three months of guests and then six months without guests. So it's super random. But you know what? Out, it's your podcast. Your... You get to do that. That's true. Yeah. There you right. go. Cool. All right. Well, we will have in the, like I said, in the show description and in the transcript, we'll have links to all of the different ways people can find you on the interwebs. You guys, of course, are on all the major platforms for podcasts. So all you got to do is go into your your app and search for investing for beginners. And you guys are going to come up. It's going to be gonna be easy to find you there. So, all right. So, yeah. Time for the lightning round. So you don't have to answer these like insanely fast, but quick hits here, right? So With the power of editing. That's right. We're just going to cut out all, all but three words for all of your answers anyway. So, all right. Well, and we're going to call on you so you know who's coming. So, Dave, this this first one's for you. Favorite stock or stocks for 2024? Favorite stocks. I'm going to go with Visa and Ajin. Okay. Quick elevator pitch on each one. Why Why are they your two favorites? A visa is the payment rails of the economy, and Ajin is the other payments rail for the economy. Love it. Love it. Andrew, I want I want one stock from you. One stock. Perfect. I'm still pretty bullish on Pulte Group. I mentioned home builders earlier. They're just still too stupid cheap below 10 PE. And I think it will pop, continue to pop this year. I am drinking your tea, buddy. I'm right there with you on that. All right, All right Andrew, I got another one lined up for you. Make your what is your reckless prediction for 2024? 2024 will be the return of the dividend. Oh. I'm trembling. You said reckless. You said reckless. I'm trembling. I love it. I love it. Dave, what about you? Make one too. The San Francisco Giants will win the National League West. Holy oh, that's now we've gotten into fantasy land. Wow, Ooh, nice. Yeah. We could yeah. have a. We we should do a a really uninteresting to our audience baseball podcast. We yeah. have uh, a <laughs> blast. I would love that. The 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 four of us would probably enjoy it. Yeah. No one else. Just Am no I invited else. though? I'm, yeah. Are, are you a baseball fan or? Well. Part of the like galactic empire here. Yeah. He's a, oh, he's a, oh, no. He's a yeah. fan. You're definitely invited. Yeah, absolutely. Right. 
Jeff, yeah. what's our next what's our next lightning round question? Okay, we'll go to we'll go back to Andrew for this one first. Do you think interest rates will fall in 2024? The consensus says yes, so I say yes, but I don't think it will fall as much as people think. That's kind of my take on it too. What about you, Dave? I don't really care. Love it. <laughs> excellent. That is an excellent 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 answer. Okay, so now here's the follow-up. I guess for you, Andrew, because Dave didn't <laughs> care. If they do fall, will it be will it be because of just regular old cuts by the Fed for no reason, or do you think there will be a recession in 2024? I I think it will be like a recession in certain parts of the economy, but I, I think some parts won't have a recession. Okay, but who knows? I'm not a macro guy, so you know, take that with a grain of super big it's grain fine. of salt. The, the lightning round, it, it's no one's no one's just the four of us. No one's listening. It's all, all good. Right. You can be as brave <laughs> as you want. All right, what is an episode? You guys can each answer this too. I don't really care about the order. What's an episode that you guys, what's your favorite episode? Do you have a favorite episode of your podcast that you think people should, when they inevitably go check it out after hearing this interview with you guys, which, which episode should they start with? What's your favorite? Say the episode with us. Well, yeah, I mean, you just stole my joke. So thanks, Jason. <laughs> Dave, do you have one? I have one, um, but I'm curious what you say. I'm, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out, if you're a beginner, go back and listen to episode 42. That was one of the first Back to the Beginner series that we did. And I feel like that's a turning point in the podcast. I think that was a great show. If you're not a beginner, then listen to the episode that we did with Jeff and Jason. Beautiful. There you go. I, I'm going to throw in the IFB 247. That was fun because we looked at Apple and Tesla and tried to go back to the basics with it. So it was hopefully a, a good lesson there. Now I'm just thinking about episode 42 that we did, and I'm really disappointed that we didn't name it Life, the Universe, and Everything. If you're a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy fan, it will make sense. Both, <laughs> both, not... of, those, both of those listeners got your joke, Jason. Yeah. Both of them. <laughs> Fair enough. They're both probably English, too. Yeah. Okay. All right. So what is your favorite, excepting Jeff and myself, of course, we don't, we don't want to bias this. Right. Who's your favorite, who's their, your favorite guest that you've had on the show? Dave? I'm going to go with, I'm not, I can't pick two. I can't pick just one. So I'll go two. One was Jake Taylor and the other one would be Brian Feraldi. Yeah. We've had Brian on too. We haven't had Jake on. Yeah. 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 I mean, now we're talking about, it's like picking your favorite stock, right? That's, that's really tough to do. We've had great people. It's been awesome. I would say also Brian Feraldi and Braden Dennis, both those guys have been on our show a bunch and it's always fun talking to them. Okay. Yeah, I want to encourage all of our listeners out there. If you don't subscribe to our newsletter with the transcript, I'm going to go find those episodes and I'm going to put the link in the transcript in this part of it. So anybody that wants to listen to those episodes, it'll be really easy to find it. Just go to investingunscripted.com and sign up for the newsletter. All you got to do. It's that easy. I, I think that that wraps it up. We have, we answered all of our lightning round questions. We talked about the podcast. We, we got your thoughts on lessons learned from the past several years. So I think just to wrap up, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Andrew. It was awesome having you guys on. It's been, I know I'll speak for both of us to say that it's been great to connect with you guys both personally, but also on the podcasting side of things. So I hope our audience enjoys this episode and checks out your show um, and adds it to their rotation. So thanks a lot for coming on. Thank you for Thank having you. us. Yeah. I have, I have one final question. You, you consider... always have a final question. Like we're about to wrap up. I do. I do this nice little like professional sounding ending. And then you just like throw a monkey wrench right in the middle. Why, of why do you think I, why do you think I do it? Because you're a jerk. Bingo. There you go. So question, my final question is, you guys going to come back on our show sometime? Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I think we'd love to have that. I think our listeners would as well. And as always, I'd like to wrap this up. 
by reminding our listeners that Jeff and I love to give our answers to these hard investing questions, have great, smart people like Dave and Andrew come on to give their answers as well. But it is up to you to find your answers to these questions. You can do it. I believe in you. All right, Jeff, we'll see you next time. See you next time.